Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Hello and welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. What's going on, y'all? I know my voice is a little bit subdued. My energy might even be a bit subdued. I'm still recovering from surgery. Shh, don't tell my surgeon that I'm even doing this. But you know how doctors are. We're the best patients, right? So here goes. We have another fantastic, mochalicious Mm. guest today. She goes by Sister Phoebe Naomi. I'm just going to leave it at that. Believe it or not, she's, I already know she's a very patient woman because she joined about half an hour ago while I was in another Zoom meeting with my own doctor doing my follow-up visit. And she's been patient with a smile the entire time. And I think she's a good person. Why? Because the smile is the most beautiful thing you can wear on your face or on your body. Most people don't know that. But more so when your face is smiling, your heart is smiling. And this lady here is a, she's just got certified to be a domestic violence counselor. You don't need a better person than someone whose heart smiles, who is patient to work with you. So, you know what, without further ado, welcome. Thank you so much, Miss Phoebe. Miss Phoebe, rather, what's going on, sis? How are you? What's going on? Thank you for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here. Uh, This is my first time really, you know, telling my story on a platform like this. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm I know that it's for a great cause. So, you know, thank you so much, Dr. Lulu, for all that you do to, you know, make this possible for us, to, for our voices to be heard so we can help some, you know, someone else. So, yeah, I'm thankful to be here and I thank you as well. Well, hey, you know what? It's going to be a little thank you going back and forth today, as you can tell. I mean, this is something so near and dear to my heart. Suicide. Nobody wants to say the word. So I say it so we can take the sting out of it, take the shame and take the silence, most importantly out of that word suicide. So we are no longer being controlled by our fears. So Sister Phoebe, where do you want to start today? The mic is all yours. Where do you want to start? Oh boy. Um, I guess I'll start from uh, making this one point. One thing that I've noticed over time is 
suicide is very subtle um, at first. It's not always just, you know, when, when, when you think of suicide, you think of the, the stigma of, of someone automatically, you know, taking that leap off the, off the bridge, so to speak. But it's not always, it doesn't start there, you know. It's the little things, the little actions that, uh, that over time take, um, you know, take hold of the mind, so to speak. And it, and it makes you, uh, eventually get to that point. So I just wanted to make that, you know, clarify that, that suicide, it doesn't just start from the action, but the, the little events that happen to formulate the thoughts that lead up to that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I don't know of anybody that just, boom, today, that's it. I'm going to kill myself. But I think what I'm going to add to that is that usually it's a series of unfortunate events. And then one that kind of just pushes you off the ledge, so to say. So yeah, that's a great introduction. Yeah. So now that you told us about that, where do you want to go next? Okay, so um, I'll start with my story. Uh, I guess I want to start from my childhood briefly, because I grew up in um in a domestic violence home. My mom and dad would fight all the time, and, and um, I just remember feeling so helpless because I was so small. And um, eventually, I I uh, my mom and dad separated um, when I was still kind of young. But I saw my mom go through so many different phases. In her life, um, she went from being the wife at home, you know, and the good mom, and uh, she went from that to being this woman I never thought it out. I knew, like, I didn't know who she was. After my my dad and her separated, she uh, she moved in with this with this woman who called, you know, we called her auntie or whatnot. But I saw the their behavior change. She became this loud and you know just arrogant woman about life. She was so filled with rage. And um she um eventually I mean she drug she drug us through a lot living with that woman because, you know, they were they were on drugs and alcohol and and uh so I witnessed her I even witnessed her, you know, doing the drugs. So I related her behavior to the drugs because I walked in on her, you know, actually in the act of doing it. So I'm like, oh well maybe this is why she's crazy now and so uh fast forward in time we moved in with my grandmother and um my mom she just cried to me one day i was 13 years old i will never forget she cried on my shoulder and she said my mom doesn't love me and i didn't know what to do because it's like i'm 13 and how do you you know how do you reach your mom at that point i felt like i was the mom at that point so all i could do was hold her in my arms and and for the first time, I realized that she had so much pain inside. And maybe that was the reason why she was, you know, doing the drugs, because at that time she was still on drugs. She was, my mom stayed on drugs up until I was about 20, 25 years old. Um, so, you know, I, I always, it, I, it was a lifelong struggle that I seen her go through. And so at that point in time, I felt sympathetic, you know, because I understood that she was dealing with this lack of love and that's why she was hurting herself. So, um, yeah, fast forward in time again, um, I get to, uh, I have my first son. I have four boys, <laughs> but I, I had my first son young when I was 16, actually. Um, I got pregnant at 16 because I hated my home. I, I wanted to run away. I wanted to be away from seeing my mom because I was a mama's baby. She had four of us and, you know, I always wanted to be around my mom. So to see her 
you know, hurting herself like that, I didn't want to be there, you know, so I left, um, and I, I, you know, I found myself pregnant (laughs) with, you know, a man, I thought, oh, a boy at that time, we were both young, but he was my high school sweetheart, and I thought we were going to be together forever, (laughs) but, you know, uh, I, I was just projecting my, you know, my desire to be away from that environment, so, um, eventually he and I didn't work out and I ended up with, um, with another man who was the father of my other three children. And he was, he was way older than me. And, um, when my mom and dad separated, my mom took us. So I didn't have a father figure in my life starting at an early age. So I kind of felt, I think as I look back on it, like, what was I thinking? Why was I with him? <laughs> he was so much older than me. I think there was that lack of a father in my life that made me just embrace him because he he always had something to say, something to tell me to do. You know, <laughs> he 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 had that authority about him that I knew that I needed, but I didn't understand why, you know. So, um, but he was an alcoholic and uh I couldn't see the the um I couldn't see the red flags, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't see it because when I related the my mom's behavior um, when I related her issues, it was to drugs because that's what I had walked in seeing her doing. I never thought that alcohol was a problem. And so I was going into this new relationship with this man, just kind of blindsided, you know, just he was always happy when he was drunk. So I, w- I was happy too. Like, okay, party over here. <laughs> but, but no, 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 no. The, the party quickly turned to, to, you know, to shame and we were fighting all the time and it was a very, very bad relationship. Oh, to to backtrack a little bit, the woman that we had moved in with when we were younger, when my mom uh, had took us from our dad, she had many children. Uh, she had, I won't say, eight to nine children, and sh- they all had different dads. So that left a mark on me because I told myself I didn't want to be like that. And so when I found myself in this relationship with this man who's an alcoholic, who's beating me, and, you know, who's just argument argumentative over everything i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to leave at first because i told myself oh well then i'm going to end up like like my auntie who had all these different you know fathers for her children so i stayed in the relationship um even though it was bad and um even though early on in the relationship i knew it was bad i still stayed because of stigma you know i didn't want to live up to the you know to the the statistics are whatnot. I, I cared too much about image more than what, what was really important. And, and that was raising up my children in the best environment. So we All ended right. up wait, having, wait, wait. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. because it's my show. Okay. <laughs> and because I can, I'm going to call a hard stop because I need you. Yes. I need you to. Yes. Okay. I know. I know sister. I hear, I need you to take a, take a moment. <gasps> Oh my God. I usually take notes when, when people are talking and I'm learning now to get, to allow people to talk more. Usually in the past, I would interrupt more, but girl, girl, I want you to know right this moment that I am sending you love. All kinds of that. I said that to you to bring a tissue, right? I said that people always laugh when I said, get your tissue. Yeah. I want you to know that I am sending you the hugest embrace wrapped up in the biggest bouquet of flowers right this moment. 
because the only thing I can hear, every word you say to me, I hear aces, 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 aces. And if you've listened to my show, you know I talk about aces all the time, yes. adverse childhood experiences. Of course, it's going to end up in suicide. Um, it's going to end up on my show. Why won't it? All I yeah. hear is trauma, trauma. I was trying to yeah. list the aces as you were going. And I'm already at six. And wow. I don't, for those who don't know, four or more gives you 150% chance of suicide. Wow. Just four or more. You are at six. Wow. And we haven't even, we're in the first quarter of the interview. So wow. I'm giving you permission because I can, as your big sister, mm-hmm. I want you to take a, just take a breather. There'll okay. be no shaming. My show is never about shame. It's happened already. Once you said the word shame, I said, that's it. We need to stop. I need you wow. to know that you did not know any better. Okay. You had been raised better and I'm not putting any blame on anybody, but this is the situation. You would have known better. So let's leave it at no shame. It has happened. God brought you out. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't believe in God, that's fine too. Because sometimes I also like, God, what's, what's the deal? When I hear yeah. of the Brianna Taylors and I'm oh, like, God, yeah. are you there really for sure? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to also doubt sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But baby girl, take a break. Take a breather. Okay. It is not easy. If you had been raised better, I mean, you said words like, I couldn't help my mom because I was so small, but my parents fought every day. That is domestic violence that you observed. That is number one aces right there. Your mother was a victim of domestic abuse. That's number yeah. two aces. So vicarious trauma for you. Number three aces. And only heaven knows you haven't said it. Whether you, were, whether you were sexually assaulted or not by all these kids that your auntie had. Because usually that's a side effect. It's a side was, dish, actually. of course. It's a side dish. That's another eight. So that's seven out of 10. Girl, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's a side yeah. dish that's almost always served. It was one of my cousins. I know. Usually someone you know. Yes. Usually it is somebody that you know. I'm yet to see that one that's molested by a stranger. Because they get us and they break down our defenses because we trust them or we know them and we like them. And then boom. Yeah. Hit us. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew you didn't have to say that. Mm -hmm. You poor dear. Mm. Yeah. and for you to now turn around and you've now chosen the path to work with people who are been domestically abused that is the most the most beautiful thing that could have come out of your trauma so yes uh-huh. you're no Thank longer you. in victimhood you're now in sur- thrivinghood mm-hmm. you survived and you're thriving together Mm-hmm. Wow, and, how, how, and how do you do that you empower other people are you kidding me mm-hmm. I am so proud of you the best thing that's happened to me today oh thank you thank you 
So take a bow. Take oh, wow. a bow. You have you deserve. <laughs> you earn it. You earn it. Bless you. Wow. wow. Thank you. And you're still a baby. I mean, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. And yes, we all had that first love. We thought it was going to be happily ever after. Because right. we were looking for love in all the wrong places. Because yeah. the home. Home was so toxic. Mm -hmm. And yes. I know you, you keep saying fast forward, but fast forward to, to the age of 13. That's not a fast forward. <laughs> you know, that's like right here still. Right. Wow. You look at the huge weight on your shoulders, your mother coming to you. I know because when I got divorced, I, I used my nine-year-old son. He was nine. Oh, no, what, I don't know. I lie. He was thir 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And I was the same thing. I put all of my weight on his poor little shoulders. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah wow so I hear you I hear you girl take a take a breather okay I'm gonna let you breathe and then you can go on <laughs> wow mm -hmm. you're a queen in my eyes as far as I'm uh -huh. concerned it's amazing thank you thank you so much so carry on sis Okay. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Um, my mom, like I said, she was she was still, you know, heavy on, on the drugs and everything up until even when I was in this, this, this toxic relationship. So she never had any, you know, positive thing to say. <laughs> she hated my, my ex-husband. <laughs> like, uh, oh, my goodness. Doubt myself even more because I'm like, well, what am I doing with you know? What am I doing with my life? Um, because I still, you know, to this day, I, I was mama's, I was mama's girl. So, um, but um, I had, you know, not not just my mom, but my dad too, because eventually my dad came back in my life when I was uh, a grown up. By this time, my son, my first son, was about three years old. And my dad, we, we, um, you know, reconnected. He, he was a, he's a veteran. So he was, most of my childhood, he was gone overseas, um, in Iraq and Germany and different places. So he finally came back and, um, I don't know how to call it, but I guess retired from the army and whatnot. So he came back and, and was able to settle here back in America. And we ended up actually living down the street from each other because he had a neighbor who needed, um, some help she was an elderly woman and she lived down the street from him and so he convinced me to to go and, and help her and I actually ended up moving in with her and my son was only about three years old at that time that was right before I met uh my ex-husband so living down the street from my dad that was that was great you know um it was a, a new beginning so to speak um for me all I knew, all I knew is that I wanted to do the best for my son, you know, and I felt encouraged by the lady I was living with. I felt more encouraged by my dad. So I think because, and this, wow, this is the first time I'm really saying it, but I, I think because of the setting that I lived in, I felt like my guard, I, I just let all my guards down. I was happy in life. You know, I was, I was happy with myself. I was um, going to school. I was going back to, back to college and I was doing pretty well. So. Uh, when he came into my life, um, 
I, I, I was just happy-go-lucky, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and for good reason, maybe possibly for the first time in your life, maybe even. You know, wow. Just the, from the way you're saying it, it sounds to me like that was possibly the first time in your life that you could really say, you know, I can, ha- you know, a guarded happy, but still happy. Yeah. You know, yeah, versus, yeah. yeah. So that's what yeah, I think that was. I think it was the, the first real time. I, I, I felt proud of myself. Like I was actually doing things that I was supposed to do and not being distracted by life. Cause when I was, you know, when I, when I got pregnant at a young age, I felt so distracted. Like, wow, how did I, how did I allow this to happen? <laughs> and you know, I was going to church at that time. So everyone was disappointed in me and it kind of made me disappointed in myself too. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I did feel like the first time, like I was, I was okay. Cause I was doing the right thing. So yeah, I was I was caught off guard, you know, with him, and um, because he, the first time I seen him drinking, and I knew that, you know, well he was drunk, and I knew that he was, I didn't know he was a drunk, you know, he was just so happy, and um, I thought it was okay, and and like I said, because my mom, when I when I walked in on her doing the drugs, I I didn't relate her her issues with alcohol because I didn't see her doing that. I mean, everybody drinks from a cup, right? We all take a drink from a cup. If we're drinking water, juice, I never related her drinking as a problem. So when I saw him drinking, I didn't see it as a problem. And I had to come to this point in time, like I I had to mention that because, you know, our minds can only, we, we only, we can only, conclude so much based on our what experience we know. exactly based on yeah. what we know mm-hmm. it's like having mm-hmm. a toddler the whole world of a toddler is their mother and their father and maybe their brand new toy something yes that's all yes. they know that's, that's their world all they know versus yep. a 12 year old the whole world is oh my god middle school versus mm-hmm. a 22 year old now you're right. talking about college so now their world is more yes. expensive a little bit so there's only so vast you can think based yep. on what you already know in life and with right. the amount of trauma you've you've, you've be, we've, I know we barely scratched the surface but with the amount of trauma that I'm hearing all of that also prevents your amygdala from makes your brain not even want to even think anything else outside just the trauma, the trauma, the trauma. Because that's what they are making. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just keeps you in yes. the mindset of nothing but trauma, yes. trauma. Yes, yes. And I think it's important to to revisit, even in the midst of the trauma, I think it's so important to revisit those moments in life that kind of led you to that point, if you can, because it's very hard to, you know, have a clear mind. But in order to because I'm still standing here, thank God, you know, in order to get to that point where you you overcome those suicidal thoughts, because, you know, I, I battled with the thoughts in the moment of the trauma. All my, I want to say all my life leading up until that point where I realized, hey, I'm with, I'm with an abusive man. I battled with those thoughts all the time because I felt so worthless, you know, but I think it's important to really go back and revisit the the issues that formed in in childhood to kind of connect to the present because like you said we we uh we only know what we know you know and it's important to give ourselves a break like okay well I did I just didn't know any better exactly and these things happened for me 
Even though they happen yeah. to me, they happen for me to transcend. And, and one thing you've mentioned now is going back. A lot of people don't want to go back. But I yeah. dare to say you cannot build that bridge to the future if you don't first go back and reconcile either your role in it or somebody else's role in it, how it was not your fault in it or whatever, so that you can now close that lid. But if you don't, then it's always gonna be pulling you back. It's, it's you're tethered, like literally tethered to it. Like it's, you're moving forward, but you're tethered to it. something is there. Go back there and then sever those ties. And that's why a lot of times when I do events, I always do a guided meditation at the end and I send people back to one time in their childhood when X happened so they can let go of that inner child, you know, because it's there. I mean, it's part of who you are as an adult. Wow. Yes, absolutely. So yes, yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, I'm sorry, my, my 10 year old just came and distracted me a little, but, but I'm back. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, absolutely. We do have to go back because like you said, in order to, you know, reach the, the future or to just forgive one's oneself, you know, because isn't that the root of suicide? Not Hello. forgiving yourself. Hello. And seeing yeah. that everything about you is bad. Everything is, is, is yes. And that's the part of your brain called the limbic system, which is in charge of emotions and fear and anxiety. And your brain will hold on to that shit like no other. That's all it thinks about. Nonstop. Yeah. Forget all the good things yeah. you've done. Uh-uh. Right. So I love what you said about yeah. that the root of suicide, that self. You used the word, you said worthlessness. You you nailed, you said it, worthlessness. Mm -hmm. And why? Yeah. Once upon a time you were born weighing six to eight pounds and happy and playful. <laughs> and then one right. day you're worthless. Why? Right. Something wow. happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something yeah. happened. So the question is, what is it? And then what is the role of everybody in which it takes the village to raise and save a child? What did yeah. we, the village, do to create you, this right. traumatized adult today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so I uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go back to the story <laughs> because it's so much that, so, so much subtle, you know, suicidal thoughts that that happened up until that point because I, I I noticed my behavior changing after I realized after the first time he put his hands on me and it continued it you know it didn't get better it didn't slow down you know it just took off it, it got worse even and it, it became more um often and during those times I noticed that my behavior towards myself changed I started smoking cigarettes I started, you know, I even drank not a lot, not as much as him, but I even allowed myself to get, you know, to indulge in that. And um, I remember just not wanting to care anymore about anything because I thought, well, this is, this is my life. I can't leave. And, you know, it is what it is. So I'm just going to numb, numb the pain, you know, um, but because I saw my mom, you know, and, and when I was younger, when I when I saw her doing those drugs and, and the way that it made her just out of her mind, I told myself I would never go that far, 
you know, so thank God I, I stayed away from the hard stuff, but I did. I numbed the pain with, with smoking cigarettes and drinking and, and writing. I've always, I've always loved to I was loved just to waiting write. to hear that. I was like, yeah, the book out of this sucker. You know? That's how we're <laughs> going to do it. We're going to page forward, but get a book out of that. And yeah. you know, my, my, yes, yeah, some episodes of my podcast are explicit. I try not to go too far. And my name is not Steve Harvey, but um, yeah. sometimes you just got to go there because that's just what, that's where the spirit leads you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I have. I, I love. You see, I I heard you say, and I didn't want to say too much, but I heard you say, I used to go to church, and everybody was disappointed in me. How yes. dare them? Right. How right. That that should See, I didn't want to say be. anything, but no. how dare them? How dare them be disappointed in you? Where were they? Right. Where were they when you were three years old and your dad was beating up on your mom? Where were right. they? You were five. What did they do when you were seven and when you were yeah. nine and when you were 11? Yeah. And now you're 16, you have a baby and they there try to judge you? Right. Really? Yeah, that's the, that's the good old Christians for you. Girl. <laughs> Sorry to say it. Oh, honey, I, I'm, I'm right not, there with you. Know, you. I even I'm used to teach Bible study, from... so they can't even come yeah. at me because I'll give them the Bible, I'll give them the verse that myself. Yeah. I'll be like, yes, well, what, yes, you, what, what you want to do? <laughs> That's me. So, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, psh, psh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Because wow. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I don't mean to revert to, you know, religion or anything, but when it comes to Christianity, what I've learned from, from that experience, people don't have the true love of Christ. They don't. They, they take their own ideas about you and their expectations about you and they project it. I think a lot of disappointment, like the, cause it was, um, the woman who was over the youth who was the one bad mouthing me in the church. She was, uh, she was unhappy with her own life. And I didn't see it then because I was just a child, you know, but as I got older, I saw that, Hey, this woman is miserable to this day. She's miserable. And I pray for her. I, you know, I wish her the best, but how dare you, like you said, how dare she judge me in, and in such a way that ran me away. The- Exactly. She I was, was just going to say yeah. over the youth. So you see the power that she had to influence yeah. the youth to yep. be positive. And, you know, I love what you said. People don't know the true level Christ. As if you've yeah. heard me speak before, a lot of times I talk about people know Jesus, the, the God, but they don't know Jesus, the man. Right. Jesus, the mm-hmm. man was the one that said, well, nobody stayed behind to throw stones at you. Then neither am I going to condemn you. Nobody right. knows that Jesus. They, they knows the a different Jesus, guy. Exactly. Nobody knows the <laughs> Jesus that fell down not once, not twice, but three times. Nobody yeah. knows that Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows the Jesus that said, Father, Lord, if it's your will, I can't take this. Please take this chalice from me. No one knows that Jesus. No right. one knows the Jesus that got on the boat and said, I got to go to a quiet place because I need a break. No one knows <laughs> right. that Jesus. They only right. know the Jesus that's God. But hello. Yeah. So when, yep. we, when we go to church and we are the ones in the church condemning ourselves, I'm like, Y'all, y'all forget that Jesus told people to get out of his father's house. He got pissed off. He said, get out, get out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he was about cleaning up. But what they do is they just, all they do is, oh, God, 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 preach, 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 preach. Toss the, yeah. the, the Bible verses at you. And they themselves are hurting so right. much that they don't see, they can't see from their own hurt mm-hmm. to see your hurt. Yes. Your yes, girl yes. who gets pregnant. At 16, it's not because she wants to get pregnant, because she wants to get run away from away. the environment, like you said, yeah. from the toxicity. 
that mm-hmm. she was living mm-hmm. in all day, every day. Right. I didn't see that to try to get right. you help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they didn't. They did not. Yeah. And it's funny we went back to that because I try to um I try to forget some things. <laughs> that was a very very disappointing you know experience because I put all of my all of my hope in the church. You know, I put all of my trust and and hope in these people and um and I thought that if there was anyone I could go to, I could go there. You know, so after that, they actually ran me away from the church. I stopped going and I found myself even more, you know, just out in the world and making bad decisions at that time. It wasn't until my son was about two years old that I really buckled down and I said, okay, God, I, I just give it all to you. I, I actually was in the club, okay, drunk out of my mind. <laughs> and uh, and I was uh, leaning on a speaker and the speaker, you know, was blasting. It was so loud. You know how, how it, it vibrates and everything. It was so loud. And I'm like, why is it so loud in here? And I turned around and I see the speaker just booming out at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm out of my mind right now. So I had um, actually moved to the middle of the, of the dance floor and I prayed right there in the club. And I said, Lord, take this away from me. I don't want to be here. You know, I know, you know, I've, my son is still young, so I still have some time to, to get it right. But I don't want to be here. I don't want to be at home, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> so amen. it was. Uh, amen. Hey, yes. For amen. Your, for your, for amen. For your, I, like, yes. I used to I came up with this. I coined VFAB, V for vulnerability, F for mm-hmm. fearlessness, A for authenticity and B for boldness. VFAB. Wow. I, wow. I believe in my. But I believe in my in my in my heart that you need those four to do anything. You were bold enough to say, God, I don't want to be here. But you were vulnerable enough to recognize that this is not a good place. And you were authentic. That's where truthfulness came out from. And then of course, fearlessness. That's what that does. If you're fearless, then you're bold, you know. But I just love the fact that you were able to say, take that's it. And Jesus himself said, take this from me. I mean, yeah. you need to be so broken. Mm-hmm. to realize that that is actually where you got the strength. That was the day you were strong enough in your, at your weakest point. Yeah. And thank mm-hmm. God you harnessed that inner strength that it took to cry out, I don't want this, and then start yeah. slowly. I feel like it's a whole podcast episode just to talk about how you finally found your way out. Because yeah. it, it, somehow, and I thank God you didn't, die yeah a lot of people yeah yeah, a lot of people think that people who kill themselves are selfish and how dare them if Mm -hmm. only they knew the level of psychic pain it takes Mm -hmm. to be at that broken point Uh, a blogger one blogger said it's like your whole body is on fire and yeah fire out that's all you want you walk into the street and get run over by a car that's all you want to do at that point oh my goodness Oh my goodness. And that, that, that carries, like you carry that pain through every experience in your life. Like just driving down the road, even, you know, you want, you wish something would happen. It's, it's, it seems like, uh, it, it, I wish, like you said, the psychic level of it, I wish everyone understood that because on the surface, you seem like you're okay, you know, but, but down inside, because all these things are happening and you just want to find that escape. 
you know, and, and I found mine, thank God, I found mine in my faith, you know, so I encourage people to, you know, believe, just believe, you know. I like what you said just now. So you said faith versus church. You see that? Mm Yeah. You found it in your faith in God versus in the church because, and I love what you said earlier on. You said that was such a deep disappointment. I was, Mm -hmm. that was a very disappointing experience. And when I tell people, I say, people say, Dr. Lulu, why do kids kill themselves? I say, kids that kill themselves have been betrayed. Yeah, absolutely. That betrayal is leads to everything. Yes. And I call betrayal, you call disappointment. Same thing. Mm -hmm. You expected Mm -hmm. more, but you got nothing but an empty shell. So kids right. that kill themselves, I've been betrayed. I will say that till the, the day I die. Mm-hmm. And it's not, a, it's not something that here takes some more Prozac will feel. No, because that is even more betrayal because you fail to recognize that my pain is not a pain of medication fixing. It's a pain of my situation. Mm-hmm. The people around me, the toxic environment, right. that's what needs to be fixed. When you give me medicine, you're saying I'm the problem. But I'm not. Yep. My environment right. is the problem. Right. That's the drunk heavy. mother is <clears throat> the problem. The drunk mm-hmm. father is the, the abusive boyfriend is the problem. Yeah. The baby yep. daddy that doesn't get it is the problem. But you mm-hmm. give me the medicine and that makes me the problem. Right. Wow. That's a heavy point, doctor. That's a heavy, heavy point. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And I know I needed this podcast this morning because you have... Yeah gone places that I don't know that any of my guests has gone and wow. you're like my 100th guest like you're like wow. guest number 89 I think you're close wow. to 100 but I'm just I don't know what number you are but I'm just saying I've had a lot of guests at least nearly 100 and I don't know that any of them has gotten this deep into self-acceptance and then moving on because mm-hmm. I see you laughing it's the only because, thing that, that yeah, kept be, me going. But, but, but see how deep you got when you laughed is when you got mm-hmm. to the point where you say, you know what? I was by a speaker. And I said, why is it so loud in here? I was drunk out of my mind. Words that yeah. most people do not even want to ever say. When I came out with the fact that I was suicidal, I was driving down the highway at 95 miles an hour. I wanted mm-hmm. to just drive off the highway. Mm-hmm. But I know in my heart that my father would never open his mouth to admit that it was a suicide. Mm. It would never accept that their mom wanted to kill themselves. Because wait, she got two cars. She got her own home. She got a mm-hmm. closet full mm-hmm. of clothes. She got more mm-hmm. shoes than anybody ever had. <laughs> but there was that emptiness inside. So yeah, yeah. like you said, on the surface, everything looks okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, it, it, you, you carry it. You carry the pain throughout based on what other people have done. I, I'm so glad you brought that out because I never really gave it any thought until this day. It was, it was my fault. And I, and I had to internalize that. Even though that there was something wrong, I knew that they mishandled me, you know what I mean, with the, the church people. But I never related it to being my fault up until now. That's, that was a heavy point you mentioned. Wow. I want people to make sure that they hear that you're not saying my fault, you're saying my thoughts, because I don't want anyone to think you're saying my fault, because again, I go back to saying, oh. as a child, you, as a child, yeah. you're put into this earth to, be, to have trust in the adults around you. 
Yeah. And when those right, adults right, betray right. you once, twice, th- thrice, four times, 42 times, 67 times, 400 times, you're like, mm-hmm. is this betrayal ever going to go away? Then you start saying to yourself, you know what? Fuck that. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I want wow. people to understand that you're saying, I, I realize it was my thought, not my fault, because it's not your fault that, okay. that the adults around you did not do any better. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I got to the point when when I was uh I I was pregnant with our 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 last son. So we we've been through some things me and my ex-husband. We we were homeless. We lived we moved in with my mom. We got on our feet again and you know, we were just up and down with the bills. You know, it's hard to live in America. <laughs> you know. So uh, Are you telling me, girl? I know this. <clears throat> And that's another and then thing. And on top of everything, you're black. And right now, yes. being black yes. is like, oh my God. Yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God Almighty that I'm black. Yeah. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Because, you know, we're, I, I just thought, especially being in a family, a black family, you know, a man, woman, and child, like they, you know, I thought that I had to stay in that relationship because so many people, would expect like when they see us together as a family, it's something they wouldn't expect to see every day. Because you know the, the father is so see. absent exactly. all the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I I I want to almost hug that piece of you that said I'm going to stay the course, even as much as it was also very traumatizing. I can imagine yeah. because now going back now to look at your children, the product of that toxic environment we're now propagating the generational trauma which is why I took the leap to leave my ex-husband I was like you know what I can do that by myself because Mm -hmm. at one point I was like I don't want my kids to grow up to say right to stay in a toxic Mm -hmm. environment so Mm -hmm. I I love the fact that you wanted that picture of a of a Mm -hmm. of a of a a man and a woman you know a real but then again at what price on right psyche Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of those barriers because it takes, you know, statistics have shown that it takes seven times, seven to 10 times for a woman to leave a relationship and actually leave for good, you know, and I'm surprised I, to hear that it's that low. I, w- I was thinking like 30 something, but what <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, and I think in all fairness, because of the stigma and the shame, I can stick mm-hmm. my neck out and say most women don't report. So we don't know that it's seven. Really, because seven is for those that reported it. Most yeah, report that's so true. Shame. Same thing mm-hmm. with the suicide. It is one every 20 seconds, but most suicides are not reported. So how do you even really know that yeah. it's every 20 seconds? Yeah, that's so true. Yep. Absolutely. It could be, a, a, like you said, 30, 40 times more. <laughs> because, dude, when I think of how many times I left and returned, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm like, oh, God. But it was a cycle. You know, it was this, the cycle of violence. So, Oh my goodness. So we, we, it was so bad that we got to the point where our children almost got it taken away because the police was being called so much. And, you know, we were just a public example of a shameful family. It's crazy because as much as I wanted to hold on to all the neighbors knew that we were fighting all the time, you know, like the people closest to us knew that it was something wrong. So we got to the point where the, uh, the children, what is it? The the CPS, Child Protective Services, got involved, and the counselor had to come 
um, mandatorily uh, do a like a sit down interview with me in my home to try to come to some solution before, you know, taking the kids. And of course, that scared the crap out of me because I'm like, out, out of everything that I've gone through, what kind of mother would I be to allow my children to be affected in any negative way? You know, so sitting there with that man was such a reality check. It felt like I was dreaming at the same time. I, I just, it felt so unreal because it, it was such a striking um, reality check. Like, hey, this is affecting the children. What am I going to do about it? You know, and they were still young. Um, we only had two at that time, two boys together, um, three all together because of my first son. But we only had two together at that time. Um, and they were still young. They were only like two and three. So I knew that um, something had to be done. And it was still time because they were so young. So um, the man came and sat on my couch and he 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 broke down the cycle of violence and told me that it was a plaque on his wall and every other, you know, uh, person in that field of work, it, it, this is a plaque on everyone's wall where the cycle is to, um, there's a honeymoon phase where everything is all good. We're kissing and making up and, um, you know, and then there's the, the tension phase, right? So, you know, things start to heat up. We start arguing a little bit and, you know, we, um, disagree on on things old things come up we, we we repeat things of the past you know and it's just that tension that's there and then there's the actual violence and then it it starts all over again and when he said that dr lulu my mind was blown because i'm like wait a minute you mean to tell me that the story of my life every day <laughs> is on a plaque on your wall I, I, it was I at love that the point fact that that's what he took. Exactly. I was just going to say that was the, the, the light bulb moment. Yes. Like, yes. Thank God he survived to, to get to that point. Thank God your eyes. Yes. Opened. Oh my God. Thank God. Yeah. 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 And, and, and before that, I mean, it, it was just it, everything. Like I said, that was the story of my life. Right. So all these events that were adding up suddenly made sense because for one, you know, there were moments where he took the children and, you know, went off to, to a hotel somewhere and I lost my mind. Um, I, I started smoking heavily like cigars and just, 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 I was out of it, you know, and I, I wanted to take my life then because I felt like if I brought my children in the world and I told myself, I'm not going to fail them, you know, I'm not going to fail them the way my parents failed me. And now they were gone. What did I have to live for? I felt like a, just a big disappointment because I knew the pain that came from domestic violence. I knew the pain that came mm. from, you know, having an alcoholic or a, mm. a, a mom who was just, mm. you know, insane. I, I knew all of those pains. So who was I to allow myself to bring children into that same environment, especially after everything was going so well? You know, like I was doing good in school at that time. I had dropped out of school. You know, I never finished college. and. I, I, I used to dance. I had stopped dancing. You know, I used to sing. I had stopped singing. I stopped doing everything that I love to do to be with this man. And at the end of the day, my children were now gone and I had nothing. And so, yeah, I um, that was when I was, that was my first real thought of suicide because I felt like I had nothing to live for. If, if, if a mother, 
if a woman, I, you know, I, I equated myself to just any random person. I didn't have any self-value. I'm like, what kind of woman am I? If I can open my legs and make children and bring them up like this, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. You know, I'm nothing. And those words played over and over in my head all the time. And, um, yeah. And so, uh, that was my first real thought about it. And thank God he came back like in, in that same week, I think it was the next day or the day after he came back with the children. And, um, he was always the, you know, the initiator, he would always start trouble. So I felt like, well, why, why am I the one suffering the most? If he's the one starting the trouble, how is he getting away with this? Because when I called the police, they told me, you know, he can't take, he can't, uh, he he can take the kids. They're his children too. <laughs> you know, you, you, you two have, um, exactly. equal, equal rights. <laughs> so yeah, that just, it just killed me inside. And I, I, I was, I was out of it. I wanted to end it. And, um, yeah, for, for that. Yeah. I mean, with that said, like you said, at different levels, you know, in life, like at different ages, things become more like we, we become more responsible for this. Our, our thoughts change, you know what I mean? Our, our sense of self changes yes. over time. So yeah, the, the actual suicidal thoughts came in my adult years rather than, I mean, cause I, you know, I had, <laughs> I'll like I said, what, just bringing up the children. Yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do, because like I told you at the beginning, before we even started recording, I've had some guests, I've had a couple of guests come three times. And a lot of times, the, the first time is just just opening up the trauma and, and just letting other people hear that, oh my God, that's me, that's me. Like, you know, like we've done multiple times today. Yeah. And then the second visit is, how did you, how did you do it? A lot of people want to know. So I do have another guest. So we're going to do a hard stop, but not because your story is not amazing. And if you haven't written the book yet, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to please send me a message on Messenger, Facebook, right now, so we could talk about it because I'm a book writing coach, but also because I think your story is just beyond, it should be a movie, but hey, you got to dream big, honey, or just go home. So wow, yeah. I'm all about I'm all about amplifying voices. That's why I'm doing this. So let's talk okay. offline. Oh my God, thank you. Okay. But before yeah. we leave, we have to have to remember where can the listeners find you just in case for some reason you don't come back, which I know you will, but just in case for some reason you don't come back, where can the listeners find you? Ah, uh, okay. So um let me see. Right now, I'm setting up my online presence, so bear with me. <laughs> but that's cool. Um, Even if it's just an email, you see what I find is sometimes my okay. guests—they just listen and they send me an email. Oh my God, you're still talking. Even if it's just okay. an email, something—it doesn't have to be some Facebook something something dot com, some Facebook group, some organized shit. Sometimes it's just an email or a phone number, a personal, okay, or just your Facebook name, so that people can find. I need someone okay. out there who heard your story today who's walking your talk okay that wants I'll, to I'll reach out you. to you you can say yes, it in the ma'am. say it on air say it on air okay um well i did start a youtube channel uh, a couple years ago and it's uh i was going to give my email and um in my youtube because on my youtube i kind of it kind of documents me getting back into embracing myself if Fantastic. that makes sense 
Yeah, because I, I have a little video of me playing the flute in the park and, you know, just no little way. things. My baby show. plays the flute. Oh, my God. Oh, the one that nice. was at Stanford. Yes, that was, that was, he's a flute major. He's a music oh, major. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I told you we're connected. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay, let's get that email. Okay, so I'll, I'll give my email and, and my YouTube, if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, so um, my email is thinkpositive today. So it's T-H-I-N-K-P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E, the number two, day, D-A-Y, at outlook.com. And uh, my my YouTube, which I want to give out because it kind of documents my, my journey of of self-healing, our, our self-love, so to speak, because I'm sitting in the park playing the flute, you know, uh, little things, you know, I, I've set a poem, you know, some things like that. So my, uh, my, my, I'm going to go check it out. Oh, nice. <laughs> figure out the name of it. <laughs> okay. So, so my name, the name of my YouTube is glory be to the most high forever. So I'll spell it out. It's capital G L O R Y capital B E the number two capital T H E capital M O S T capital H I G H and then a space <clears throat> and then the word forever. And yeah, that's my YouTube name. So yeah, just so you can see, you know, like, Hey, is, is, there is hope, you know, we can, we can get to the place where we love ourselves, even Amen. if no one has ever loved us. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. I didn't know how this was going to go, Sister Phoebe Naomi, but I'm <laughs> so glad it went where it was meant to go. Mm -hmm. I want you to promise the listeners that you will come back because I want to also hear that journey. Okay. So yes, ma'am. Somehow don't end up getting on the YouTube channel. And usually okay. I, re I, re I, re I release two episodes per week. So I would like to do part one and part two together for you that week. So it's going to be all Phoebe Naomi week, which will be okay. awesome. I can present <laughs> you to the world because you deserve it. You deserve oh, it. Oh, thank you. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I promise I will come back if God says the same. <laughs> If it's, if it's the most high's will, I will come back and, and share the rest of my story. <laughs> Somehow I think he, he's, he's nodding his head right now saying, yes, go for it. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. That was so powerful. I can't even like, ooh, mama, sita. Wow. Thank you all so much for listening. Her name is Phoebe Naomi, but you can find her at thinkpositivetoday at outlook.com. And the number two, as opposed to T-O for today, the rest of the stuff is Think Positive Today at Outlook.com for emails and on her YouTube channel, Glory Be to the number two, the most high dash forever, space, space. forever, mm -hmm. space, mm -hmm. rather, okay? So not dash, but space forever. So I need y'all to find this chica and give her some love. Show her some good old-fashioned <laughs> suicide pages love, y'all. My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. I got to go. I mean, you know, what else? I got to go. That's it. See you all <laughs> next week. Deuces. Hey, go find this sister and support her, okay? God bless you as you do Thank that. You. Peace out. Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Lulu. I just wanted to take a moment to wish you guys a very, very, very happy holidays. I know some say Merry Christmas. 
Some say happy holidays. Don't judge me, right? I'm going to go with happy holidays because I want to summarize the Christmas as well as the New Year's. But more importantly, I wanted to say if you can hear my voice, if you can hear my voice today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I want you to take a moment to look up into the sky and just offer thanks. It has been a very trying year. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of loss, too much loss. But even in all of the clouds, there's still a silver lining. The silver lining is that you are here today, living, breathing, and able to hear my voice. So for that, let us give thanks. Let us hold space for each other, hold space for ourselves, and just say thank you. So this episode drops on the day before Christmas. I want to say thank you for everything, for the blessings of listening to me all year long. I could not ask for a better, more loyal audience, but you guys have been there for me through thick and thin. When I'm crying and when I'm happy, when I'm sad and when I'm jumpy, when I'm energetic and when I'm not, thank you all so much. So if you're listening to me and you are a woman and you are an immigrant in a country where you live, I want you to send me an email to askdrlulu at gmail.com. I am publishing, putting together an anthology and going to publish it in the first quarter of next year, an anthology of women immigrants. I want us to share our stories, to share our love and our journeys and our adventures and the ups and downs of how we found ourselves where we are today. So if you are a woman and you can hear my voice and you are an immigrant, or if you know a woman who fits that bill, send me an email, tell me who they are and I'll contact them or have them contact me. I'm working on anthology. It is so exciting. Finally, we're going to get something good that we can hold on to out of this year that has been so crazy. Again, I want to wish you and your family and everyone who's dear to you and those who are not a very happy and safe holidays. Remember, you are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Bye. Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book, you're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job, but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm. You might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year, and I'm open to accept clients and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and grab yourself a free 45-minute session and I'll see you on the inside.